Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye. And I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Thielen, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about the subject of understanding the messages in your life, the symbolic and the literal messages in your life. And one of the messages is us reading the Mayan every Thursday night. Mm -hmm. And tonight in Mayan is? Four Caban, and four is a self-existing tone. We have very few shows on a tone four day, just mm -hmm. the way it works out in the cycle. And, and, and it's the I can do it myself, a very independent type tone. And Cabans are earth navigators. They are the beings that are at the forefront of all change. And it's uh, guided by Ben tonight, and we're both Ben, and you're particularly fourth Ben, so this is a uh, very mm -hmm. good... Uh, show for all things considered here. I define in order to evolve, which is very interesting, mm -hmm. because I've always said and will continue to say, uh, once you recognize whatever that is that happened, once you get to the point that you recognize that whatever it is that happened is on your side, then you can say you're evolved. Prior to that, as long as you think that was against you or for that matter. That is so profound yeah. and very true. So I define in order to evolve. That is what that means. Yep. Measuring synchronicity, which we're going to talk a little bit about tonight. I seal the matrix of navigation mm -hmm. with the camera changing its shot. So we'll just uh, continue. Mm -hmm. uh, Self-existing tone of form. I'm guided by the power of space. And red tone days are days for creating things. They're passionate. They're fire energy. It's like first gear to use to really get up the mountain and everything like that. Well. The, onward to the topic for tonight. It's been quite a while since we've done a show on dream interpretation. Will and I both have studied dreams for a long time. He's written his uh, fictional book, and I'm writing a nonfiction book on the subject of dreams, something that I've studied my whole life. Um, and if you would like to call in for a dream interpretation, we would love to have you do that. And it doesn't have to be a dream interpretation either. You could have certain patterns or symbols show up in your waking life that you may want to have deciphered as well. And as you're thinking about a dream to call in for, dreams come in, in change point segments. And so something that's really good is to find a change point segment instead of a whole long dream. Because by the time you get to the next segment or change point, by that time you're moving on to a whole different interpretation topic. So a good way to kind of define that so that you can break it down into a manageable segment. But usually that means either the scenery has changed or you have a significant different feeling or the activity in that location has significantly changed. Well, understanding the messages of the patterns that go um, synchronistically through our lives is kind of the essence of what we came here to do. So there is no point um, in meditation daily, I ask uh, my higher self to interpret what this meant, what that meant, you know, and um, sometimes I'm quite stunned by the complexity of what seemed relatively day to day uh, was actually reflecting through patterns throughout the life, mm -hmm. and that this is the latest iteration of it. So these little peaks. Well, remember that, that symbol that we saw one time? It was an American flag that had been blowing. It was during the winter, mm -hmm. and it had gotten wet. <coughs> and then it froze. And that was the symbol of 
well, you can imagine around when that happened, when yeah. Our, yeah. our mindset turned frozen with fear around 2001. Yeah, so, and also the personal day-to-day -day stuff is, mm -hmm. and why did this event occur? Mm -hmm. And it's not the surface of the event, it's yeah. the deep symbolic nature of the event that is what we delve into. And it is there the richness of um, philosophy emerges. Mm -hmm. And we have our first caller. Excellent. Hi, ca hi caller, what's your name, please? James. James, okay. Hey, James. What can we do hi. for you? I wanted to um, answer Neville's question from last week about this, the, uh, the uh, universe. Yeah. Um, God creates and where you place your attention grows. Yay. Absolutely. Thank you very much for doing that. Because we. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Thought creates and where you place your attention grows. And that is the single thing that if I was going to take a small child and said, look, I can only show you one thing, that would be the one thing. Well, it debunks everything. It debunks superstition that there's some spirits out there that are trying to get you or your boss is trying to get you. It debunks everything. And so it is such a pivotal pivotal statement. Thought yeah. creates and where you place your attention grows. So that therein lies your magic wand of all power to create anything in your life. Very good. Thank yeah. you so James, much for your yeah, call. Thank you very much. We love to hear it. Thank you for doing that. Because um, then the only thing that you really keep an eye on is where you're placing your attention. So you place your attention on where you place your attention. Yeah. And then you are <laughs> omnipotent, you really are. I mean, <clears throat> the belief system we've been taught here is very anti-omnipotence. Nonetheless, we do create everything that happens. <laughs> yeah, and so the second part of the Trinity is everything that happens in your life is your idea, which would be referred to as free will. Either you have free will or there are victims, and that's the second part. And the third part we just named in the Mayan, uh, once you recognize the event, is everything that happens is on your side. The amount of time it takes for you to recognize it is on your side is how evolved you are. And that is so true. My mother, thankfully, had a philosophy as I was growing up when something quote-unquote negative happened or something that we thought we didn't really choose. She would say, everything happens for a reason. And you may not know the reason, but just trust that there is a reason. Otherwise, you're, you're the tail of the dog being wagged. And I really think that had I not been raised with that philosophy, it might have taken me more than just a step to step into this new way of thinking. My statement, before I had heard the drum blow, thought creates and where you place your attention grows, was back in the 70s when I read uh, the Seth Speaks book and the Nature of Personal Reality by Jane Roberts. And Seth put it as your beliefs create your reality. And the moment I heard that, the very split second, my life changed, my universe changed. And it just opened right up and I understood it right in that moment. That what I'm believing is creating my reality. Yes. And how I see things. And that we have the authority over our beliefs. Mm -hmm. <coughs> but the way we're yes, brought up. Yes, and that was up, the second thing. <laughs> yeah, and the way we're brought up, the beliefs have the authority over us. And that is just so backward to teach anyone. Any of these preordained deals where this is, well, it's God's idea. Well, I'm God. And that's not my idea. So you guys are going to have to take a closer Might look at that. Might be your fear's idea. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. 
Uh, here, let me just stick this in really quick. I don't know if we can get. Um, that's a very good shot right there. I think that's good. There we go. I, I think okay. you don't even have to do anything. Now, as you probably cannot make this out on the tube, I'm going to read it out loud for you. I take aspirin for the headache caused by the Zytec. I take <clears throat> for the hay fever I got from the Relinza. I take for the uneasy stomach I got from the Ritalin, which I take for the short attention span caused by the Scopiderm TS. I take for the motion sickness. I got from the Lomatril, I take for the diarrhea caused by the Zinical from the uncontrolled weight gain for the Paxil I take, for the anxiety from the Zocor I take for my high cholesterol because exercise, good diet, and regular chiropractic care are just too much trouble. So please wake up. When I count to three, you will wake up. One, two, three. We do not require any of this. It's all nonsense. And fighting side effect with more medicine is the game that's making, just don't play that game. Well, I thought it was very funny that one day I did wake up just like that. I was watching mm -hmm. TV and it was some as you say, a pharmaceutical because the P is silent and pharmaceutical. Yeah. It was a pharmaceutical ad, and it was talking about such and such, ask your doctor about. So they're even doing marketing for drugs. Now, it, it, in a different environment, it would be you're sick and the drugs come to help you instead of the, you as a patient going and begging doctor for drugs because you saw it on a commercial. At any rate, I realized that we have become a species of beings who thinks it is okay to be hooked up to some chemical matrix that, that we're hooked into it, and it becomes normal. We all think of it. You, you mm -hmm. listen to somebody in their 60s or 70s or 80s, they're sitting around and, and they talk about their ailments, yes, I'm on this, as if that were normal. Or a badge to be, oh, you're on that, well, I'm on, and then there's the... Uh one oh, that's not a contest. scar. Let me show it's you. Luxury, this is a luxury, scar. Yeah. <laughs> Remember on yeah. Jaws? Oh, look. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, insane. Now, if you talk to a 90-year-old, they haven't seen a doctor since they were like 17. That's how they made it to 90. And that's how they made it to 90. They have nothing to do with doctors because as soon as doctors seem to, and we love doctors, and if you're a doctor, There are some very good doctors, be, yes, by the way. Yes. And, but the whole of it seems to be this march towards ill health. I, well, you know, it's an assumption, and yeah. whatever you hold true, it's like the Mother Teresa vision that I've said many times Say it about again what makes you, I was asking in a meditation how I could help those less fortunate than me in a better way. I know we volunteer to do the show, <clears throat> but I was thinking something like a soup kitchen, and Mother Teresa shows up in my vision, and she's not somebody that I think about or give much thought to, not that she's not a nice lady, but <clears throat> she said, what makes you think there are those less fortunate than you? And it just was such a wake-up call. It was like yeah. that V8. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, if there's no one less fortunate, then there's no one more fortunate. Exactly. And that I am doing a disservice to think of this person as poverty-ridden or somehow less able to do what they have to do in their life than I am, and that I am disempowering them by thinking of them as less or a victim in any way. And so that was so powerful to me. And that when we, and that the Ho'oponopono concept, where that doctor in 
Hawaii had taken all these uh, patient files, and he was going to go through them, and he thought, oh, forgive me for thinking of you as sick. Yeah, yeah. Forgive me for thinking of you as sick. And that is how we really do energetic healing, is we believe in the divine blueprint mm -hmm. of every person. So it's very essential that we do that for each other. And as doctors, instead of just that mindset to give pills. Yeah, and to go to a, per a person whose profession is recognizing illness. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I could understand gunshot wounds or recently struck by lightning or being taken out of a car with the jars, a jaws, or jars of life. Oh, <laughs> jars of life. I love that. But this concept, no, we really have to do this a little differently. Your body has an immune system. Your body knows how to heal itself. If your body has become unbalanced, it means that your thinking has been unbalanced. Absolutely. If there's something the matter with your math. heart, then there's something the matter with the way in which you love. This is just math. This is not complicated. Any cardiologist, the reason there's something the matter with the heart has to do with the way the person loves. Or it's receives just, love. Yeah, well, this concept of love around the person. Um, we human beings pain. are love generators. Can be old pain too. It can be old pain, too. Yeah. We human beings are love generators. That's who we are. And we love generators are trained to withhold love. And therefore, and quite naturally, the love... High blood pressure. Yeah, and that creates high blood pressure every time. So if you have high blood pressure, the question the cardiologist would actually ask is, what are you withholding your love from? Most likely yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well put. And this is the way the whole thing works. And this would be, what, a thousand years in the future? Well, you see we that? have to do away with the established nonsense that's yeah. rigid as it, as it gets? Well, that's another area that you can look at the symbolism and mm -hmm. the messages in your life yeah. is through physical. We've, we've done a show, there may even be one in the archives, where we did discuss the metaphysical properties of disease. And yeah. I, mm -hmm. I have done... I've begun a book on this in very great detail, different parts mm -hmm. of the body. But it does say something to you. Everything about your body says something to you, and it gives you clues. There are clues that we leave. There's basically two, two things. There is the part of me that remembers everything and the part of me that has forgotten. And everything is about getting this part of me that has forgotten back to my creator. Yeah. And that part of me that remembers everything has left clues for me all over the place. Whether they're the lines on my hands, features on my, like it's in face reading, or mm -hmm. phrenology, tarot, whatever comes are just tools for me to decipher me. I woke up one morning years ago with guides saying as I woke up that the only eyes we cannot look into are our own. That's why we act as mirrors for each other. And there was more to yeah. it. But that was very profound to me. Our only journey is looking into each other's eyes, uh, attempting to catch sight of a reflection. That gives us a little more information. Who is it that I really am? Yeah, I'm still thinking of two weeks ago when I, on the air, just realized the only slavery there is is judgment. If you were non-judgmental, mm -hmm. you could not possibly be enslaved. That's true. And um, have spent more than 20 years now writing, I remember who it is I really am. Not every day, but I have written that many, many, I have many too. times. It's very powerful. And that is one of the most powerful things you can do for yourself is to remember who you really are because it turns out you're not a, a, a money-clad power person with heels driving a Mercedes through life.
that's not you. Who you are is a kind and loving spirit. And if you want to be powerful, then you open your heart. My power is an open heart. Well, and I, I all of these it, meditations. I thought Here, it was interesting that affirmation, I remember who it is I really am. I think yours evolved into Oh, many times. I become who it is I really am. No, no, that that might have been one that I did. No, that what was your next step on that? After I remember who it is, it eventually became I am who I really am. Yeah. So once you am, which mm -hmm. took, that's like 10 years before I recognized, what am I doing? I remember it. Now I, have, I am being it. Once you be it, then there is nothing that you can possibly do, Eckhart Tolle, that will make you any greater than what you already are. Can you imagine that? Take the day off tomorrow and think about it. It reminds me of some little thing that was passed around many years ago through email. And I don't remember the whole thing, but it was something about a fisherman. And he had a little boat, and he went out every day and caught fish. And he, was, he found a place where there was just tons of fish, and so he would bring them back. And it was enough for him to sell. And he could actually afford a second boat and then third boat. And he had a whole fleet of boats, and they were all fishing every day. And then one day he was standing there figuring out how he could possibly retire. He finally sold everything off and retired, and it was just him and his little boat back out there fishing, just like he had done at the very beginning. And that's what I, it, yeah. it just seemed like such a parallel, mm -hmm. because we come here attempting to prove our worth, and I feel that our religion gets into our subconscious mind. that tells us somehow, like on a humanity subconscious level, that, that we're born sinners or we're born evil, and that we have to do all this stuff to prove ourselves to some outside force. <laughs> and that it derails us, although not really, but it appears yeah, to derail force. us for, from pursuing who we really are. But even that ultimately will take us through that hallway to the point where we love ourselves, respect ourselves, and we get back onto the awareness track. There are no outside forces. This is simply the way it is. And it's important for us to reclaim our sovereignty of our being because we are mm -hmm. so misled so consistently throughout our lives. Once we get to the point that we're in charge, and we are, we were always in charge. It's, it's <clears throat> the picture is painted that reality is fixed and we're the variable, but we're fixed and reality is the variable. Bingo. So yes, yeah, so wake up to that. You tell everything what to do. Pretend it's otherwise. Pretend your boss is running you. Pretend you cannot go outside, which is what people at work love to do. Pretend that they can't go out. Yes, you can go outside. If you are fired, it is indeed the best thing that ever happened to you, certainly that day. Okay, Because I never say best. But it is definitely a better thing to occur, because then you'll be free. Now, we have this idea that having something is the goal. Actually, the goal would be having nothing. Because if you have nothing, you have everything. If you have something, you don't have everything. Does that make sense? Well, it does. Well, uh, one way it was described is if you sit here like this, you have the whole world in your palm. If you do this, you only have the air in your fist. And there is a lot of truth to that. Yeah. I remember wishing to get a big piece of land so that I could open like a metaphysical campground or something, right. a place for people to come. This, this was a long time ago, and I, I, I really thought I wanted that. And then it didn't happen, and I realized what a blessing it was, because had I gotten it, I would have been worried about paving the road, digging the well. 
and that by not having it, I could go to these parks, I could go everywhere yeah. and just enjoy the whole universe. By Whereas if I nothing, had that one piece of property, right. I would have been limited to only that. By having nothing, you have everything. Mm -hmm. Having something, and you don't have everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then, uh, because and we are so attached of mind, to our too. It's idea not actually of, having. we have stopped being who we are and stopped being, and we have started being what we have, which is a major downfall. And that can lead us back into the, the idea of discovering the symbolism in our life and the messages in our life. Because if it's based on some material construct, then the first, the first item that would download there is, this is not really you. Well, it's your stuff. Huh. My stuff. Remember George Carlin? I've got to get a place for my stuff. Yeah. I've got to get a bigger place. because I'm. Well, I saw a video. I happened upon it. And it's been out there for a while. People may have seen it. it it's about this family who the father and mother both, I think, got laid off. And they lost their home. Oh, yeah. And so what they did is they went and built this tiny little house. It was like a... 12 foot by 6 foot house, this tiny little thing where they had fold up tables and a little loft on top where everybody slept. And they were going to do that so that the wife's salary, when they were employed again, would be enough to put in the bank account so that they could buy or have a house built with no mortgage. And what they found as they went along is it's better to live in this very efficient house. The kids didn't have video games, so they got really into riding in the property and going down to the creek yeah. and they had a whole different experience mm -hmm. and they realized that they wanted to get a lesser job that paid even less so that they could enjoy their life and that it just brought back everything and I think that the economy being what it is is giving people an opportunity to get out of that commercialism the planned obsolescence that happened between 1980 and now mm -hmm. and back to reality. And, um, forward to thought creates. The economy is really good. It's, a, it it's on our side. Yes, everything is on your side. So even if everything vanished, all the currency in the world collapsed, oh, that would be great. And the reason that would be great would be that's the reset. When the rushes became so insane that they gobbled up all of the currency, people did not have physical money to trade for anything anymore, and spontaneously an honor barter system occurred where if you were a dentist and your patient made hats, but you had all the hats you wanted, you got a credit from your patient to um, for a hat. In other words, someone could show up, I've got a tire here, well here's to go to Joe and get the hat from him and give me the tire. That was, our, that was our monetary system for thousands and hundreds of thousands of yeah, years. That's how it worked. Yeah, prior to the invention of politicians and money and fake money and fake, fake, fake money, which is what's going on. None of this is real. Just, just you know. Well, it, it, you're right. And that is how we survive for, for eons. As a matter of fact, I used to work for a company that build, built homes, and they had a tract of land near uh, Tyson's Corner. And they found artifacts, so they stopped digging. And the archaeologists came in and found that it was all the way to like 12,000 years ago that had been a place of trade because they found remnants of salt containers and shells and various things like that. And over throughout thousands of years, that had been a place of trade. And it was right 
at Tyson's Corner, and Tyson's Corner is obviously a place of trade. Mm -hmm. So we do build up this energy, but the trade, that's what trade means. You trade things, and dollar bills just became a way of making it simple, so to speak, but it puts us out of touch with what we're really doing and how it connects to our life. Chickens um, are up, badgers are down. But we were talking about the symbolic language, just real quick. Um, Peter, it, I remember reading in the Bible years ago that Peter, Christ says, I build my church upon this rock to Peter. And whatever that word for rock really meant, his heart. And so the kingdom is in our hearts. I, just, yeah. I know that was kind of disjointed. It's a heart-shaped rock. Yeah, no, we understand. So uh, we had talked about uh, being um, interpreting perhaps a dream, if it's a snippet of a dream, or if you've had something happen in your life that you'd like counsel on, why did this happen? Like I saw a guy in purple spandex on a bicycle three times today. What's up with that? Or even why did did one get laid off? Or yeah, any why of did the you'd marriage? Like to talk about. Anything yeah. that happens in your life is a literal thing, but it's also a very symbolic thing. And if you look at it that way, you can get a lot of clues. Yeah, and, it's a, and, and we're not taught to do that at all. So if anyone would like to call in with any event that's happened in their life that they'd like an uh, interpretation of, you, you have the moment. You have. Pick up and dial. You don't have to say your real name. 571-749-1166. Yeah, Look, we like magic, they there put it go. up on the screen. What about dreams about houses? Dreams about houses. houses Go ahead. Go ahead. Dreams, the house is an extension of you. Okay. So depending on the house and what's going on in it is what's going on inside of you. Ironically, the same thing is true for cars. The car in your dream or your life is your life. It's, it's um, symbolic representation, but it's also a literal interpretation of it. So. Well, um, I agree we with that. We have to know more about the house. Yeah. Well, I agree with that. Houses are very much um, talking about your physical body and how you relate to the world and your comfort zones. So any dream that takes place in the kitchen can often talk about nourishment, emotional, physical, and mental nourishment. So if you have some, like a, something in the kitchen, like a case in point, someone told me of a dream one time where they were cooking spaghetti and they were putting it into the drainer but it kept, and they were trying to feed all these people, and it kept slipping down the drain. So they made more, and it would, somehow the thing would knock over and it would go down the drain. You can have a lot of healing dreams. Perhaps a dream was saying, don't eat wheat. It could be something literal like that. If it's in the bathroom, that can also uh, talk about your, your whole um, elimination system. The bedroom, places of your intimate and levels, yeah, living room, dreams. which you show to the people. Or about releasing that which does not serve you. Yeah, yeah, the eliminative system. Right. And then cars to me, and you know I've done so many different dream interpretations over the years, and I, I, I've designed many college level courses in it. Yeah. And so I've had the great good fortune of hearing a lot of dreams. And cars have, I, I've seen often represent us in the outside world and how we locomote between things and how we relate to the world. And therefore, parking garages and dreams can be about your place in life. So if you have dreams about parking garages and you're parked way over in, in some out, outbuilding of the parking garage, mm -hmm. that can talk about feeling like not comfortable right. being in the, in the crowds. 
Oh, we have our caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hello, Mary Ann Neville. This is Cheryl. How are you this Cheryl, evening? Cheryl, good. Hey. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Great. I was wondering if I could bring up a pattern that yes. seems to, to always resurface. And yeah, that'd be great. I w I've wanted to make an appointment with Neville for a long time now because he said that I'm here to break many lifetimes of patterns. And oh, I yeah. haven't had a chance to do that yet, but I've not yet forgotten. <laughs> oh, good, good. Well, definitely call. So what's the pattern? My pattern is, and, and it's very relevant because it's happening right now again, that I come to a place where I feel like I have, um, I guess in Neville's terms, um, gotten a recent download, and my frequency and my thought patterns and everything are shifting, and I feel like I am... Um, I guess you could say focusing on a more, uh, what I would consider healthy um, journey. And I always have this pattern surface that I feel like I still need or want or am supposed to be connected with people very, very close to me. And there's a lot of love and caring and um, not necessarily codependence, but it, our lives are very integrated, if that makes sense. And yeah. at the same time, we're not making the same journey. They're not seeming to want to take responsibility necessarily, or what I call do their personal homework. And I'm mm -hmm. always in the pattern of, well, I don't feel like I should leave them behind, but at the same time, if I don't, I, I don't seem to be able to get where I think I need to be going. I, I hear well, you. Well, out of love for them, you would um, desire to assist them to upgrade. If yes. they themselves will not do that by dint of will, if they will not do that, then you say, well, you know, I love you and, and I don't mean to leave you behind, but my heart draws me towards this higher frequency. Um, anytime you want, be in touch, and I will assist you uh, to uplift. But you have to get your will behind that. I cannot make you evolve. You have to do that. And uh, while I am loving towards you and kind and all the rest of this, I cannot take responsibility for your refusal to take responsibility for yourself. Um, okay, so and then when you say that, I, I've, I've watched your show, and, and I do actually... Uh, work on practicing a lot of the concepts. They make total sense to me. There's a lot of wisdom. Mm -hmm. What happens when you've done that step? <laughs> What's the next step? Then, then you simply go. You have, you have been, you've well, offered them, you've uh, offered your service, you've offered them tutelage. They won't take it. What am I supposed to well, do? Well, I think that is the message. And when you bring everything back home, and not even, I mean, do, do what you're saying, but don't even take it to that engagement level. Like you're, you have to do an action or say something to disengage from that because you're not really even engaged. They're engaged to this placenta, and, and they drop off all the stuff that they're looking to learn, like the codependent reality. And you're engaged over here, and your message is to not feel you have to engage, that you don't even have responsibility in that other person's awareness to yeah. even talk them out of hanging on in a codependent way. 
So I think, uh, I had written it down here, perhaps her message is to see that no one is a victim, just like my Mother Teresa's story. Mm -hmm. No one is lesser than me, and I have no obligation. Now that does not mean we don't assist each other, but it'll be on yeah. your path and it'll be funded. If it's a codependent, painful thing, then it's not on your path. Yeah. And we're actually holding them back from their growth by doing that. Yeah, the ah, poor me, mm -hmm. the I'm incapable of doing this, all of this stuff. All right, you're incapable of it. Send me an email. What am I going to do? Go in there and make you capable of it? It doesn't work that way. You have to put your will behind your advance. If, you, if the other person does not comprehend this, what are you going to do? You cannot do it for them. So what happens so in, is we make ourselves sick in the process of... In the instance of a family member or a spouse? Of, pardon me? In the instance of a very close family member or a spouse? Yes. In any instance there is, that person has to exert will to get themselves to be more conscious. You cannot possibly do that for them. You can say it, you know, you must assert your will to become more conscious. As long as you refuse to do this, you're, you're the one who's compromising the close-knit family. Not our caller, the person, the spouse, is the one who's compromising the close-knit family not you. you okay. and, and what do you say after, you know, the, when, we, when we run into the person who's the vampire, when we run into the person who's the ah, poor me, who's the drama queen, who's the martyr, you say one and only one thing. What will you do about that? Because they have to be the one that does it. It's just the way it works. If the person summarily refuses to evolve, then they are going to be left behind, not by you, but by everything. They, they cannot go any higher. Then fine, I'm not lowering myself because they won't raise. The old axiom, when two people of uneven frequency meet, one of three things happens. The lower frequency goes up, or the upper frequency goes down, or they part. Now, I'm saying, don't lower your frequency. Part. What are you going to say? I mean, you know, you asked... <laughs> well, that's the thing. I seem to have said it all. <laughs> huh? I seem to have said it all. Yeah. Multiple times. <laughs> well... Then prepare that you, you must continue your evolution. But we there, all But do. there, if we feel compelled to say things over and over in an attempt to get that person to change or wake up or whatever... That is a symptom, that is a clue, that is a message that some part of us is either feeling that we have to earn our well-being or, I mean, earn our keep here on planet Earth by saving other people or that we somehow have something more on the ball than they do. Whatever that may be, it's so important for us to look at the mirror in it for us because it's real easy to say it's because they're not hearing me or whatever. And that is true. That is not untrue. They're... they're their lesson is very visible to us, but our own may not be as visible. And so if we say, Why, if I were to have created this for a very special reason to teach me something, what would I be learning from this? And if we look at it in that context, you wouldn't believe the amount of revelation you have and mm -hmm. the real advance you have in your life. So thank um, you so yeah. much. That was really it's a good an call. excellent call. Yeah. About 1985, I think thank it was. Thank you so much. It back, thank you. Thank you. Uh, back in the 80s, a bunch of people that I know that were now players as metaphysicians all simultaneously got the message 
uh, to stop and work on yourself. Working on yourself is working on others. And that's a real tell in the, what our caller was talking about. You yeah, know. we love others through the doorway of ourselves. You yeah. cannot love any, you only love in others what you love in yourself, and you'll dislike in others what you dislike in yourself. Yeah. You'll yeah. mistrust in others what you mistrust yeah. in yourself. See the, the signal, the message, so that you can use that to understand yourself. Mm -hmm. And we have our next caller. Hi, hey. caller. What's your name, please? Pardon me. Hi, name is David. I'm calling from New Jersey. <laughs> hey, Mr. Kaywood. New Jersey. That All right. That's our David. Yay. This is our audio engineer. Hey, what can we do for you? Hi, I just want to say uh, you look fantastic on the web, the World Wide Web, coming across nice Thank and clean you. and good Thank audio you. and all that. Excellent. And, um, you know, people are a little bit apprehensive about what happens in the mine calendar runs out in December. What's your take on that? Oh, oh good question. Well, there, it's not going to run out. The Mayans actually trusted the human race. And they laid down 52,000 years of cycles. And it's not they ran out of chisels or they ran out of uh, room to write or it Or ran out of time. Yeah, they just... <laughs> I mean, as, you see, as our calendar runs out, like, you know, at the end of the December, beginning of January... That, I was just getting ready year. to use that example, that we stopped, they stopped the calendar then, just like we stopped the calendar at the end of the year. Yeah. Or stopped the month at the, on the 31st or the 30th. That's so you're saying that their calendar just lasts a bit longer than our 12-month calendar? Yeah, they just have yes. larger cycles. There's In 268. Fact, I, hey, I, I heard think. you got some classes happening also. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, this is true. Could you come to work for me as a marketer, please? <laughs> yeah, that, thank you, David. Yes, as a matter of fact, I'm much. doing... Uh, thank you. Have fun, bye -bye. and we'll see you soon. Yeah, we okay. miss you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Say hi to New Jersey. I'm actually doing EFT level one oh, tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow from 10 to 5, and then yeah. level two is over the weekend. So let me know oh. if you're interested. It's a profound healing experience as well as learning. You'll class. have to email just about immediately if you want well, in on yeah. tomorrow's class. Yeah, if you can. So that's important um, that you do that. Yeah, well, yeah, that's very good. And we were um, also offering the opportunity to interpret dreams. I do get emails about people's dreams all the time. And one of the reasons it's so good to do the formatting, and I know I didn't advertise this show, so we'll perhaps mm -hmm. do another one, is it's so much easier to speak an interpretation because I only and have so email. much time to answer yeah. emails. I read all of the emails, but answering them because of my finger, it, it's kind of clunky to type so much. And it, it's very time consuming to do a dream analysis over the email. It could take me a half an hour sometimes, and I just don't have that time. But if you yeah. call into the show, we can pretty much speak it pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is definitely preferred. Yeah. So. But there are so many different things in dreams. And one of the things that, that people have asked me over the years is, do I have to keep a dream journal? And I say yes. I have done many different things to document my dreams, like record them. But then all that happens is I have these tapes sitting on a shelf, and I really never go back and do the analysis because I have to transcribe them anyway. Mm -hmm. So a good way to do it is get into the habit and write something in your journal every morning, whether you remember a dream or not, and that will bypass your subconscious mind deciding not to remember your dreams so that you don't have to write them down. If you write something in it every day, even if it was just to talk about the mood you woke up in or a color or some little wisp that you had, and you will begin remembering your dreams. 
And some people say they wake up in the middle of the night and remember the dream, but they don't want to wake up to the point where they're writing their whole dream down. And that is a good place to write a title of your dream, like uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And then that will trigger the dream when you wake up in the morning and you can add more details. We're in a oh, moment, would you like we'll to have do a that? shot of the grid, yeah. Now this okay. is a grid we built uh, specifically, whoever would uh, look mm, at it would be beautiful. guided to um, grow and evolve. And, uh, there she be. Yeah, um, and change. Uh, change is a good thing. We can do a whole show on uh, If we can go back to that for just one second. You know, uh, I don't know if this was intended, but you've got so much about the earth, because this is petrified yeah. wood, the sky, and the sun, and the moon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the amethyst for the healing involved. And I was going to point out some of the rocks and the intent. Oh, there we go. The oh, yeah, please do. Of the design. The, this one, which is a beautiful stone, is um, appetite. It's a beautiful piece of appetite. It is this just is a really triple A grade, item. too. Yeah. And um, as you had said, now the whole thing is woven together by the amethyst, which is completing the amplification of the design. And the center of it is opalized quartz, which I think is just a brilliant thing. And what was the yellow stone again? It was- It's uh, yellow jasper. Yellow jasper, yeah. Uh, which is a very earth yellow. Now, I have been off dreaming per usual, and I meditate in dreams now. The, the border between awake and asleep and meditating and not meditating has blurred over the many years of doing it. And I realize we are in one intense yellow on this planet. Our sun is yellow. Um, we had, uh, I read an article on photography and they said even white light has color to it. And prime, the biggest guess is that it's colored yellow. And then I thought, started to think about the amount of yellow, which is power. And the amount of suppressed power, all judgment is, the only slavery is judgment. The amount of suppressed power going on here, so it's building up. And the yellow and black, the bumblebee, yellow and black stripes is an incredibly powerful configuration. And when they get around to putting out solar panels that are yellow and black, I will more than likely convert Well, it is interesting that I think it's whatever the retina or the back in the back part of your eye, there is this yellowish film that they say, and I put that in quotes, that you, they are diminishing, diminishing, um, uh, it diminishes as you age, and that's why you have trouble looking at monitors or colors look less enticing uh, or less vivid. And so that's something that becoming conscious of it, you can use your mind or your intention to, to well, do yellow that. is very, the solar plexus, the yellow chakra, yeah. So and you're in right. Fact, we the have yellow duck that'll be here in a moment, but still, yeah. And same thing I noticed with taste and smell. When I noticed that started to fade, and then I rerouted my thinking and my systems. Oh and yeah, we have so much requested, power over things like yeah, that. Yeah, requested. I've requested new body parts over the years. I got uh, when I was shot in the head. I also got shot in the stomach, and I realized like ten years later my navel was offline. I could put my finger in and I could feel my finger, but the navel did not feel it. So I requested a new navel, and then it bled for a while, and now I have a new navel. What are you going to do? Now, I know that's an exciting story, and often in the category of way too much information, nonetheless request new body parts. New definition you, you make of navel base. 
Yes, that would be Neville Bates, actually. Yes. Here come the duck. Kevin, you look like an English gentleman standing there. No, just the mustache. Yes, quite. This is our beloved Kevin. I've been reading a lot of H.G. Wells lately, and I keep having these images. Synthesis. <clears throat> and you see, if you interpret the symbolism in your life, that's what's really going on, is a synthesis. 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 My sister used to have a trouble with aluminum. She couldn't stop at that. Aluminum. What about linoleum? That's a good one. Mm. I actually drew linoleum. Uh, actually, it was support, was the card I drew. Oh. So support is... Um, you support you in order to be able to support others. It really is the self-love concept. But, but I think even the idea of us supporting others is really a hallucination anyway. It's not that we don't assist in everything, but the person has to be willing to, like with uh, Cheryl, her call, people have to be willing to receive what you give them anyway. And mm -hmm. it's through their receiving and allowing in, they're doing their own healing in that way anyway. Yeah. We don't do anything for other people ultimately. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that we don't intersect and that we don't do actions to assist each other. But if it, it has to be funded or it's not really helping anyone. Exactly, mm -hmm. yeah. So we had, um, did we talk about the salon, the sarar? No, they're not Soir soirees because Soir I don't know how to spell that. So there's so salon. We, right now, and for many years, we've done the Vegetarian New Moon Potluck, which happens on the Saturday closest to the full moon. It's happening moon. late, excuse me, the, the new moon, uh, pretty close to probably next weekend. Not mm -hmm. this one, but the next one. And it's a really wonderful time. We do a remote view game. We come together. We do meditations and this beautiful little ceremony. And it's very casual and fun. And we also do the bowls near the full moon. Mm -hmm. And so we are adding things uh, where we're doing these little evening events where you can come and get do, build the Merkaba and learn how to do that breath. It's not so much classes, but an experience. You come to have an experience. Yeah. And we'll be tuning people up uh, with tuning forks and galactic tune-ups and various things galactic like that. So history, if you haven't signed up for our newsletter, and I don't inundate people, I, I probably every month at the very most frequent, I send something every month, but it keeps mm -hmm. you apprised. Or you could check our, our uh, website at any time. Mm -hmm. There are also a lot of things you can do on our website. And I spent years figuring out how to do all this, so I would love for people to partake in it. Two of my decks are up there. Exactly. And I've got a, a psychic development game where mm -hmm. you can use it two ways. You can predict what is the next symbol that's going to come up or you can use the power of your kinetic mind to decide what comes up. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I've got meditations recorded there, yeah. guided meditations. We've got other audios. We've got mm -hmm. recordings of the bowls you can listen to. Mm -hmm. And we are expanding out. Your this copper is, devices are yeah, soon to be up devices. there. Yeah, we are uh, abundant with copper devices, which are fun. Yes. And I've been building very small copper devices, which are highly mm -hmm. effective. Mm -hmm. yeah, well, I tell you what, since nobody's calling in for readings, why don't we do this? Why don't uh, the Earth is a living being? I think we all acknowledge that. And something that had come to me in a meditation not that long ago 
is that yes, heal Mother Earth, be kind to Mother Earth, but Mother Earth also is not a victim. Yeah. That we are children of the Mother Earth, and so mm -hmm. it's important to not see us as this thing that controls her fate, because it, to me that was We're like one not. of the most profound things that have yeah. entered my mind in a while. Mm -hmm. Mother Earth also dreams, so how about if I pull some cards as a dream of Mother Earth to see what she would like us to know? It pulls me into the future okay. so rapidly. Well, this is Mother Earth's dream, her coded message that we are deciphering that is to humanity. And it's interesting about the suppression, this worry. One of the things she's saying is more important than the pollution and the ozone and all these things that we're aware of. It is our worry about those things that is really affecting her because everything is ultimately frequency and she only manifests as a solid object while we are perceiving her as we are right now. So the best thing to do is for us to lift our thought energy up, and that's how we lift her up. There's a and by doing that, it breaks through some of that heavier, denser thing that seems to, like let's just use pollution as an example, that seems to solidify it and, and seems to impact us. Well, what that, that thought energy moving up will disband that. And I've only got, go ahead. What no one understands is that, let's say Los Angeles, which is polluted, it's not the particles in the air, it's the way people think. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So that if we change the way we thought, there would be no pollution. That's well, the whole thing. Same thing with the water. Same thing. It's yeah. all our thinking. That's what, yeah, that's what, yeah. that's exactly the. I'm just agreeing the, with you. Well, that's exactly what I'm saying, and, it, and it's that we thought create where you place your attention grows. It's our attention placed on earth changes yeah. and mm -hmm. catastrophic things happening in 2012 are actually what's grounding them into 3D. And so the final card is the master. And this is about us coming to the place where we become the master of our thinking and our attention. Because there really isn't anything more sacred. And all psychic development, all intuitive development, all intelligence is a, a mastery of our attention. Mm -hmm. And so these, these games that we seem to be playing right now are all on our path of self-mastery. Yeah, a lot of that has gone into in the uh, galactic history, you know, about the, the just... Uh, yeah, I've never taken your galactic history class. So. Oh, okay. Well, so I did not get it from there. The, that was I kind of what the cards was. were. I yeah. just said that uh, there's much more information on all that. I would by yeah. all means recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. And we have our uh, caller... Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Uh, Betsy. Betsy, what can we do for you? Well, um, I, I'd like to see if I could have a reading from Mary. Um, I, I pulled some angel cards this afternoon, and um, one of the cards was about moving. And it said in the context it could either be physical, like moving your house, changing residence, or it could be just about physical movement. And mm -hmm. I guess I was curious to see what which of those it might be only because you know finances and are we going to lose the house or something like that or whatever so okay well let's see what we have here well the first card is the healing card so to me that I, I feel that what this card is saying is the movement is in the energetic form and movement is good that's what we're designed to have things moving and fluid so this looks like some healing of maybe old emotional, physical, mental energy is moving, which is a good thing. 
Now, this card can talk about moving as well, embarking on a new path. Everything is everything. If it happens on one level, it's going to happen on all levels to some extent. So this is saying it's taking you to a new place in your thinking, which may be a change in, in jobs. But this isn't anybody forcing him off the, the edge of the cliff. He's choosing to do that. So don't worry about something blindsiding you and you losing your job. This looks like great opportunity. And then if we look at the first one is the emotional and mental, and this one is the physical movement, then this one's talking about the spiritual movement. So it is on all levels. And I would just embrace change at this time because it's all in your side. Yeah. And if you yeah. have nothing, you have everything. Thank and you. if you have everything, you still have everything, but it's yeah. just different. Mm -hmm. Very different way to yeah, see thanks. everything. That was a great call. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. So we've been, oh, we're going to be at Ruby Tuesdays shortly if um, you're out and about. And this is indeed Thursday night rather than a rebroadcast, uh, 14th of uh, June, I think, maybe. Yeah, and uh, pretty soon all of Neville's books will be available on the website that you can have signed by him and mm -hmm. sent to you. So if you're interested in that, you can even email now, but I'll have a link up pretty soon yeah. for people to do that. Yeah, big changes coming, getting organized. And, uh, the divine spark has arrived. Inspiration has occurred. My divine strong back has arrived. <laughs> yeah, so... We have a few more moments on the show, if anybody had a quick uh, answer, because we don't have time for the question. In fact, call in the answer, and we'll give Why you a question. Why don't you just say an answer, and I'll say an answer. So everybody out there, think of a question. You answer. We've got a minute each. I'm coming up with the answer? Yeah. Everybody's thinking of a question. If you want, I'll go first. Don't sweat the small stuff, and it's all small stuff. Well, that is the answer. Well, this says completion. If it looks like it's ending and you're worried about it ending, it's because it's the right time, and that's when the understanding comes. And, and I got uh, very strongly someone's brother stepped in. If somebody's brother has passed or you're, you've been thinking about it or having a hard time dealing with that, he really stepped in, and there's, like, I just see mm -hmm. orange, something with orange or orange flowers. Yeah, and the ending is one of the uh, slave terms we talk about in the... There, there aren't endings. We'd love to believe they are, but all endings are beginnings, and all beginnings Just are endings. It depends on the angle so. you look at it at. Yeah, so if we can get over that. Um, I think the guillotine started that, you know, this idea of the... No, it's, it doesn't work that way at all. It's all spiral. You cycles, yes, but the cycles spin upward, and that's what's going on on our planet. This mm -hmm. is who we are. It's a very different way. The Pleiadians talk about the idea of evolution as occurring inside a four-sided pyramid. And inside of the four-sided pyramid, there is a spiral. And we as beings uh, go along this spiral unless we are judgmental, in which case we slide back till we get over the judgment, and then we continue. Well, that's not the cleanest way to do it. We can just go. All so the game of life is really slavery. is somebody shoots and ladder game on some other higher dimension. And uh, I remember a, a New Yorker comic about 1980 where um, uh, God had the earth inside of like a fish tank uh, in his office or whatever that was. And then suddenly right next to the tank was a rocket. 
you know, that we had launched out of it. And God it was our joy and honor to take you to the door tonight. Yeah. And mics are down, perhaps. Thank you.